Chillin' on the west side, everything was perfect back in 2012 before a record hit the surface. Had a few girls I was juggling, I ain't never did the circus. Had a phone by Motorola, but the bill was out of service. My cargo in and out like you tryna resuscitate it. I on the way, but only 50 50 time we make it. Hey, we never say goodbye, don't see you around, don't see you later. Hey, it's Chicago, when you lose, say we about time, I think it's about time Back then, waiting to bye-bye Now I turn to spend my time I think about us Chillin' on the, uh, yeah Everything was perfect, all the small things about being broke I never got to notice, I took everything for granted When the moment was slow motion, got into a fender bender Whip so broken, it was total Not to sound like I don't appreciate what they pay me But all the days in the basement, we trying to recreate it Was I in a freaky lady, from my high school, now she on She looking at how it glow, 50-50, time she gone Chillin' on the Everything was perfect back in 2012 before a record hit the surface. Had a few girls I was juggling, I ain't never did the circus. Had a phone by Motorola, but blink, motherfucker. Maybe the audio will sound better for people. Let us know. If you're listening to this, let us know if the audio is better than it sounds for us. Because for both of us, it sounds like it's coming through the like a phone. This is. You're receiving a collect call from an uh, inmate in a correctional facility. Um, we are. You're joining us tonight. We are back once again. <laughs> this week we are D cowards. Um, I was trying to come up with something that was like lion labrabian. Le I don't know. Anyways, Quentin, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one that you were trying to get out had a lot going on with the. Yeah, there's too much there. Yeah, a lot going on, letter wise, and the combinations and sounds. A lot going on yeah. there, but I'm good. Good, a little tired. This is the first time in which uh, the daylight savings has actually kind of thrown me off and made me feel less productive. Sure. So, other than that, I'm good. I'm good. Watch a lot of wrestling. Too much wrestling. I feel like someone any, might say any yeah. wrestling. Any 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 wrestling might be too much wrestling, depending on who you true. ask. This so, but I'm but I'm but I'm here. I'm good. Um. All prepared right. to get back on to Elon Musk's uh Elon Musk's uh Musk Musk's what would be the possessive like how would you say the possessive of Musk? Like I said Musk I Musk's 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 um, Musk Musk's Twitter, I guess. Yeah, if you've, if <laughs> you've ever seen awful. If you've ever seen a woman who had large large breast assist, uh, yeah, the, 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 <laughs> I don't know. That is like that probably came out before you were born in Living Color. I don't know if you ever went back and that was before I was born, but the, I've seen some clips. Yeah, yeah if you ever dug into the 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 the, the archive for in Living Color. Um, speaking of, this is not really related, but it's slightly related. Uh, you, I, I assume you never got caught up with Atlanta because I think they just had the last episode of the final season. The final episode. I'm sure you're not caught up, right? Yeah, still not caught up. Got to watch those last two seasons. All right. Yeah, you got I think you're never gonna watch the last two seasons, which is fine. That's okay. You don't have to watch it. I get it. Um, but there was a there was a reference to Homeboys in Outer Space, which I don't know if you if you know what that is, if you've ever seen that. Um, no. Uh, UPN when UPN first launched, and they were like really going hard with basically having like the Wayans Brothers show the PJs and just any black sitcom they could come up with. Um, they did a sci-fi show that was based around two black guys in the future. It was kind of, I guess you could say it was like star Wars. It reminded me a little bit of like a, like red dwarf. If you've ever watched any of the um, like British sci-fi comedy stuff, it was kind of in that vein and it was called homeboys in outer space. 
Um, they had like, you know, like a G wagon in space and they, and it got canceled midway through one season, but it's, it's kind of legendary in the community of like, uh, you know, people who are into, into that, that kind of, uh, entertainment. It was very groundbreaking in a lot of ways. And, uh, and the, the final episode of, uh, of Atlanta has just a quick, it's almost nothing reference to it where someone just mentions the show basically. Um, and I just, I popped, I popped big for that one. Um, otherwise, so, I don't know. So, yeah. Oh, so go I still, I still, I still got to go back and watch it. I know people have talked about like how much weirder the last two seasons got. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still really curious to see the direction in which it would have taken because I think in, in season two, they pretty much has had a straight up horror episode basically. Right. So yeah. So if they're, Doing that based on, based off that piano episode and seeing how much weirder they would have gotten in seasons three and four, I really have no clue what to expect. It's absolutely I, incredible. I mean, it's like it's yeah, it's it's avant garde art. It's like absolutely incredible. It's like the shit just has. There's like a vague concept of a storyline protruding through, but for the most part, it's just really going out there. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I you know, I, of course, I recommend it. It's it's cool to see someone like. Uh, Donald Glover get the chance to to just do his thing especially because like I was a I was a fan of Mystery Team I was a fan of his work early on and like 30 Rock and and just you know going way back to his basically his stand-up and his rap like the old, early Childish Gambino stuff um, so to see someone that weird like basically get mainstreamed in a way where you know white people expected one thing and then at some point he's just like, nah, fuck that. I'm just going to, I'm just going to while out because at, at this point, no one can stop me. Um, and that's really, I really do appreciate seeing that because like the first couple seasons of Atlanta were not, it really felt weird. Cause I was kind of like, I can, I can see the vision. I can hear the voice, but this is not like Donald Glover. This is not what he does. And he was kind of selling people on a different concept just to like, basically get them to buy in and then now he's really going all out with the absurdist stuff which is kind of what he's more known for you know um or at least what he was more known known for to me either way quentin um news notes anything you want to talk about you want to talk about austin theory uh cashing in the briefcase uh everyone is just did that that happen I didn't even know he had the briefcase I until know. I heard everyone talk about it. You know, like <laughs> Jesus Christ! Dude, I, don't, uh, I don't fucking know. Did he win the title or something? No, he he cashed in for the U.S. title, which is not, he, not even the world title. Oh, 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 oh! And he lost. <laughs> yeah, and oh. it's fu- and it's <laughs> fucked up because people are kind of like comparing Austin Theory and the failed push and. You know, he was the Vince guy and this and that. Um, I feel like there's some slight comparison coming between that and Killer Cross and how Killer Cross has come back. And, and oh, you know, he's Triple H's guy and his, he's failing, but he's going to get more chances and this and that. And I think the, the most fucked up part about that is that for me and you, as people who have paid attention, like you you mentioned it in the past. When has Killer Cross ever had a good match? You know, like yeah, Austin Theory has had good matches. Right, like me and you both know that he has in the past been a good wrestler, mm. like you know, good enough, like better than Killer Cross, and like yeah, in the WWE parlance, he's like the failure 
basically going to get fucked, and uh, and Killer Cross is going to continue to get chances. You, you know what the weird thing here is, is that people will, will are so willing to write theory off as he was a Vince guy when okay, guys, let's just take a step back for one second here. When did Theory come into WWE? And who was in charge of NXT? Right. When Theory came in, who had his fingerprints all over Evolve? When Theory was Evolve champion. So I don't know where things would have like changed. Maybe this is a thing where, hey, in order to get away from the Vince era, we have to do this to you kids. Sorry type of thing. Right. Maybe because I don't believe that Triple H is just saying fuck off Austin Theory. We don't see any I I don't believe that at right. all. I don't see that to be the case or that it would ever be the case because yeah, maybe Vince went a little overboard with how much he liked Austin Theory, but I don't think that that means Triple H doesn't like the guy. Yeah, and I don't think he's lost. And again, like I said, I think that there's a lot more there. There's a lot more meat on the bone for Theory. I think we've barely even started to scratch the surface, especially because they primarily pushed him as a heel in WWE, which is pretty easy. But when it comes down to it, wrestling wise, he's he's better as a babyface. Um, and yeah, we, I think we could still get there someday. You know, like, but yeah, I I agree with what you're saying there. It's it's weird to like imply that somehow he's a Vince guy, um, but Triple H is trying to. I think Triple H is trying to kind of create a new sheen, create a new positive light. He's pretty smart when it comes to the politics. Yeah. Like, talked about like, this many uh, times in the past. Yeah, like I, said, I, like, I think he's, I think he's just trying to get away from any, you know, despite how they like, how they, despite how then how it interviews, they might want to talk about Vince and still act like whatever forced him out, didn't force him out. They're still clearly trying to get away from the Vince era. And theory is kind of the, last real relic of the Vince era that needed that, need, that needed to be dealt with. Like right. you're like he like his his name is still Butch, but you're but you're still venturing off in the territory of letting Pete Dunn be Pete Dunn. Like you're kind of you're kind of slowly getting there. And as far as big important loose ends to deal with, Theory having that briefcase and if Vince was in charge, Theory possibly having like maybe had had a belt by now. I think that this was just a good thing to finish off and maybe they'll push Theory down the card, bring him back up, do whatever. Maybe in a similar thing to what in which they've done with Seth Rollins. I don't know. But I definitely don't view this as Theory was a Vince guy and Triple H doesn't see it in him. Killer Cross is gonna be a big star. Like whatever. Like I I, I still I still think Theory is just gonna get pushed at some point. He's like yeah. twenty he's like twenty three. Yeah, he's 23. He looks like he does. He's as talented as he is. And like like I said, I, I mean, maybe you don't co-sign this as much as I do, but the guy is a good wrestler. Like he really he actually is. He's not he's not just the look. He's not no, just No, that. yeah, I don't I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with Boston Theory at all. I don't have an issue yeah. with him at all as a wrestler. Yeah, it's it's tough because it is like when once you're in WWE, are you allowed to wrestle? And and that kind of transitions to another guy with with uh Trevor Lee, uh, what the fuck do they call him now? Cameron Grimes, moving up to the main roster, and it is kind of like, okay, like, what's the, you know, what do we see on the main roster for Trevor Lee? Like, what do we get? Because that guy is phenomenal, obviously, one of the best wrestlers 
I don't know. Is it crazy to say one of the best wrestlers to come out in the past twenty years, like uh, uh, of this, you know, decade at least? No, no, yeah, yeah just, like, like literally, like literally. Um, if you go back and just archive Trevor Lee's career, you could make a legitimate argument that he's just as talented of a prodigy as Brian Danielson, or yeah. like if he's not, then he's the closest thing to it. <laughs> Yeah, he's the closest we've come in a long time to someone who you've got their entire career on tape. You can watch everything from their first match until now. And you it's really hard to find a lot of stinkers in there. And it's definitely even harder to find a lot of bad Trevor Lee performances. Like you might find some matches that are not the best, but you would not say that Trevor Lee was bad in them. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of that there. The guy is immensely talented. And he's coming up to the main roster and you do say like, okay, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> like is Triple H a whole different guy and it's not Vince anymore and we're going to get Trevor Lee like like we want to see him? Or is does Triple H still kind of want to do sports entertainment and are we going to get Cameron Grimes kind of vibe when he comes to the main roster? So we'll see. We'll see. But it's coming soon and it, it's pretty exciting, honestly. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to see where they go, where they go with these, where they go with these things. Like I said, it feels like, so you know, obviously I'm not. We're, me and you aren't falling for the whole new Raw is so much better now, new and improved Raw. WWE is amazing now, type of thing. But there is the slight changes. Like even if you're not changing his name, Pete Dunne gets to gets to wear Pete Dunne singlet, and. Ricochet gets to do a little bit more, and Mustafa Ali gets to do a little bit more, and things like that are going on. So if that's the case, maybe Cameron Grimes, you still got to deal with him wearing a top hat and being rich and whatever else. Maybe maybe we still have to deal with that, but I'm hoping that means we at least get to see him wrestle a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I guess because of the timing and how things have worked out, we'll probably end up the next time we record will be the um, full gear review show because we're going to do that next week on like Tuesday. So I don't oh, know yeah. if we'll sneak something in in between. We might, and we could do like a, a, a preview or whatever. Um, but you know, there's obviously interesting stuff going on in AEW. There's a, a ton of stuff to talk about coming into to full gear. I'm excited about full gear, but but and it's also Sunday and we're recording for the first time in a long time on a Sunday night. So, you know, what I'm excited to talk about because I watched it earlier today is Hey EW, uh, <laughs> RJ City with the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. Did you get a chance to watch this yet? No, I didn't, but I will because that sounds okay. really fun. Yeah, it, it's it's a ton of fun. Andy Williams, Andy Williams, interesting voice. I did not expect him to sound like that. Obviously, RJ, we talked about it, but the best, really, the best shoulder programming, the best outside of mainstream AEW thing that they're doing. Um, on YouTube or whatever is Hey EW. It's 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 so much fun. I love RJ City. I've been a fan of his for a long time. You know, from like the live audio wrestling days, going back and stuff. Um, but uh, this is like the perfect role for him, just interviewing people. And it's it's a ton of fun with those three, and they're goofing around, especially because Ali and uh, you know the Blade are are Canadian as well. So there's there's those connections. Um, but yeah, I, I recommend checking that out. But uh, AEW. In general, going into full gear, is there anything you care to talk about before we, uh, I guess, move on a bit to the to to to, to, to the wrestling? Did you see Danielson versus Guevara? I sure did. I sure what, did. What'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was fucking phenomenal. I thought that it was really really cool that 
that basically they did like a CMLL uh, th two out of three falls setup for the for the kind of the vibe that they did where the first two falls were were you know dispatched with quickly and then they settled into the main event for the final fall. Um, I thought that that was definitely a connection to the fact that you know Sammy had has wrestled in Mexico a bunch. You know, obviously Danielson loves and is like into you know lucha libre so that was intentional and then i you know i sent it out there it's obviously you know on elon musk's website you can look it up but like the people who are losing their mind about danielson taking a chair shot to the face you know like what did you expect the guy is the best wrestler of all time and you're giving him your real emotions you think he's not going to manipulate them and uh, the match absolutely ruled Santa Guevara was was super game for it and it's just again it's it's another pretty major example of the situation that we have which is that AEW has been going on for like three four years now and we've got these guys who have felt like from the beginning were the next you know they were the next in line and they're ready to start breaking through and you can see it here where Danielson is the most out of all of the main eventers in the company all, all of the top stars is the most ready to push and make the next you know the the, the next guys be there and we'll see what happens, you know, with obviously with MJF, he's like the leader of the pack, uh, the leader of the laundromat. I think that probably will be the outro music. Um, but uh, yeah, like the, the person who's like meant to be the start of this. And you've got Sammy here who's ready to be the, the next generation. And Danielson is making sure to make him look as good as possible. What did you think of the match? I thought it was really good. I thought it was the best Sammy match in a while. Um, clearly, Sammy hasn't done uh great in great in the ways of making himself a fan favorite the last few months. So it was it was a nice uh little mini program, I guess, to remind uh the audience or to remind people that Sammy is good and is and is someone that isn't just totally worthless or is only there because he has whatever connections on the roster, that there is a level of potential there with him still. I really liked it. I love the structure. Um I'm still wondering, do you think this is leading to uh Brian versus Jericho on final battle? Or like like where do like where do you think this is where, where do you think this is going? Well I think there's a lot there in general between mixing up, you know, AEW, ROH, all of that. Because you've got the Warjo stuff where I think that there's definitely something there um to building up like part of it's weird to think part of full gear is about building up the final battle right and it does feel like this is part of it yeah i could definitely see that you got jericho involved in this you've got the four-way match that's um for the roh title on the on full gear which is danielson Guevara, uh jericho and somebody else who i can't think of off the top of my head which i should know um but yeah so i could definitely see that being leading to jericho and danielson uh, at final battle would be perfect. The weird thing is that they've done this match already like fucking three times, right? In the past like six months, even less. They've gone to this match like so much between those two, but still it's probably the biggest match you could do, especially for ROH pay-per-view. So so yeah, and and part of it too is you talked about there with uh with um you know like how good how good uh you know Danielson looked and that Sammy is, you know, is not endearing himself to the fans and all this. Like that's kind of the point, right? Like Sammy's a, the worst heel in the world. And, and, and Danielson is making sure that he stands out for being a piece of shit. 
Mm-hmm. But you, but you, but you, but you know what I mean, like the other stuff taking precedent over Sammy being sure. a good heel. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. But now I do have a question for you. I do feel like this guy maybe has your wrestler of the year locked up, depending on how strongly he closes closes out the closes out the year. But just looking at say Danielson having that Sammy Guevara match, um, having that match versus Moxley um at Grand Slam or how good Moxley well, I mean, not Moxley uh, Page versus Danielson was in the first round of the tournament and everything like that. John Moxley's still putting stuff onto his resume like the Pensa match and sure. other things. Is Brian Danielson still super far out of the conversation for maybe catching Moxley Friendship for fresh for wrestler of the year? It's such a tough one because Obviously, the comparison is, you know, the the output, the, you know, the actual, like, putting the putting the nose to the grindstone kind of situation there, um, which is like, yeah, the, the raw numbers. But but as you pointed out there, like Moxley does fall off and Moxley falls off to the point where you could. You could argue that Moxley has had such a slow back half of the year that Danielson kind of catches up with the level of output that he has. Yeah, like like the level of yeah. matches too. Like it's not yeah. just real, it's not just good matches. Something like Danielson versus Garcia is one of the best matches of the year. Now, the right. thing that I guess you could say against Danielson is oh, well, Moxley doesn't have anything as bad as the all-out match versus Jericho. But that's also Chris Jericho. Um, yeah. Well, and then Danielson also has, like, two more Jericho matches after that that are much better. Yeah. Right? So I guess you could say that Moxley versus Jericho was better than any of the Danielson-Jericho matches if you wanted to. So if you wanted to use that as some sort of tiebreaker uh, or, or distinguisher, I think that you could. But I think that if we're going based off, like, yeah, like the last, like, four months or so, I think that between the two of them, I feel like I feel yeah. like Brian has the best match between him and Moxley. I would say Garcia is Garcia is, is by far the best match either of them has had in the last few months. It's it's definitely tough because because Moxley I won't say that Moxley has been bad, you know, coming, you know, after the last oh, yeah. six months. Oh, oh yeah, far from he, bad, far from bad. Yeah, and he's had matches. He has had some stuff here that's decent, but he hasn't had anything at the level. But he is filling it in with great promo work, which does come into, you know, for me at least, when I talk about my, you know, wrestler of the year, I don't I don't do the like GWE ballot kind of thing for my my wrestler of the year thing. And I do include angles and and promos and things like that. So it's tough to say because yeah, Moxley and obviously I always I kind of always uh, give a uh, give a premium to being a champion and being a top level champion the way that Moxley is, where he really feels like the guy. But it's tough also because ever since Mox lost the championship to Punk, he really has not felt like the champion. Um, so it is kind of tough to even give him that credit, even though he kind of deserves it. So I can see where you're saying catching up, but if we're really going to talk about catching up. I think Higuchi catches up before Ma- before Danielson does. Yes, yes. So, you know, we'll talk about DDT here in a bit, but 
Yeah, and I looked it up, and the other person in the four-way for the ROH title is uh, Claudio. Mm-hmm. So you got Danielson, Claudio, Sammy, and Chris, and you've got an interesting dynamic where it is like Sammy is meant to be subservient to Chris Jericho, and Danielson and Claudio, uh, you know, Blackpool Combat Club is not, they don't have a hierarchy. They're all, you know, they're going to fight. They'll fight each other. They'll fight the other people just as much. So there's no, there's no like contention between the two. So it is an interesting dynamic there. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see where you're coming from though, because it does turn into a kind of, is Danielson not like catching up to Moxley? And, and, and he definitely is, but I don't think that Danielson is really threatening taking the wrestler of the year throne. I think again, Higuchi is more likely to take that before Danielson. Um, or the acclaimed. <laughs> I mean, really, the acclaimed could take the. No, I don't think they're quite there yet. But if you're if you were looking at biggest stars in the company, biggest stars in wrestling, the acclaimed are really fucking doing it, man. Like those mm-hmm. guys are the the number two top stars in the company. So, you know, we're uh, we're definitely looking at something interesting there. And I, you know, I love to take credit for it over and over again as much <laughs> as I can. But uh, but yeah, they're they're. they're Looking really good. Otherwise, I guess you know we'll do a mini uh, a mini a preview for the for the pay per view. Um, the only other thing that matters, like Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter, that should be really good. Um, like really good. I'm actually really looking forward to that. I don't know what you're thinking. On well, that. Well, I guess we should save that for when we do a preview. So. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like we might we're already there. Oh, oh, do you want to do it now? <laughs> yeah, we might as well. We're already halfway okay, sure. there. Yeah, what else are we going to do? Like, do it. Do you want to do a preview in the middle of the week? I don't know. No, like, I, guess we, I guess we should. But, like, so like in, my head, I, in my head, I was thinking, like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do, like, oh, we got to talk about DDT. And, like, I know that we might have, my, have differing opinions, but I feel like we could both say, uh, kind of a weird tournament. Maybe, like, I, I, I feel like their worst one of the Grand Prix so far. Fair. Um, so. I feel like you know we'll talk about it, but I might not have like say like like the strongest thoughts or opinions on it. So I feel like we cool. could definitely squeeze, squeeze this. We can squeeze this in real quick. Yeah, let's just just quick. Like I said, Moxley MJF. Obviously, is there anything to say? We all know what's going on here. Like, do you have any? Do you have anything you really want to say? Uh, MJF should win. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he should, but he probably will. I'm he with you. Should, I, I, I think. I think he should. Yeah. Win. Um, I feel like, yeah, you know yeah, what, you know what, I'm sorry, should. I'm, yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of thinking from a couple weeks ago, but at this point, yeah, yes, he should win. I don't like it, but at this point, he has to win. You're right. Um, I'm, 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 I'm really curious. Like, I feel like the thing with MJF will be what, well, how, in the manner in which he wins, how they do the match, he's gonna fucking cheat to win. Obviously, it's gonna re- be revealed. So. It's gonna be revealed that the fart that him and the firm it was a plan all along. Something, whatever it was. I hope like, so. Be, I hope so. It'll, it'll be it'll be something like that. I'm thinking, and then I feel like the big thing will be what's gonna be the plan for him after. Like I feel like you got to put him in there with the right guys, and that I feel like in my mind the right guys are like people like Eddie Kingston and um and, and Danielson. I feel like those. I feel like those are like the right guys. Yeah, better wrestlers. Maybe, maybe maybe build to something with with Hangman and have like a big homegrown AEW guy, uh, AEW guys main event, uh, safe for safe for Revolution. But I think that he's gonna win. But the thing I'm most looking forward to is 
who's that first challenger after. Yeah, for sure. I I honestly still kind of think that he shouldn't win, but he I know that he should. I think that he should win, and I think he should go babyface off of this. I don't think that they should fuck around with the heel thing, but I get where you're coming from because I do think that that's probably what's happening. Um, got the tag titles, the acclaimed versus Swerve in our glory. Um, I think this is you got to do something here for sure uh, with Keith Lee and Strickland. Like you cannot continue to to fucking you know shrimp this along and this is why i think that you have to you got to do the split you got to do strickland turns heel he's got to basically you know do something insanely dastardly to fuck over keith lee and that's why you set up swerve as the first heel challenger for mjf Mm. i really do think that that's where you go here um and it sucks because you got the fucking that bullshit promo that was on Rampage a couple weeks ago that people, you know, like I, I was happy that people didn't see it because I thought it was very bad. But I just think that we come from he- out of here. You've got Swerve tweeting out like, oh, kid, hey, kids, do you want to see a dead body about his match with Anthony Bones? And I just I unfortunately think that Swerve can't you can't take the JML out out of the guy. And Swerve is still like deeply entrenched in the Sammyverse and he wants to be horror core. You know, he's Eshime, the the realist or whatever. Um, so I just I'm not I'm not looking forward to this because I really liked the way that Swerve was going and I thought that he was ready to be a top heel, but unfortunately he wants to do this fucking hacky bullshit. And uh I you know, whatever, fuck it. Do that and then get squashed by MJF on the next pay per view and that's fine. I, I mean I mean I don't Okay, so you so you think this will be a MJF babyface turn? I don't think that will be it. So my thing, I'm thinking is okay. They're gonna lose here, and then I feel like Orange Cassidy and Swerve is like a perfect All Atlantic title program. That's perfect. That yeah, is yeah, that'd be great. Like so, that's my line of thinking here. They lose and they go off for their separate ventures. You can do Keith Lee versus Wardlow, and you can do Orange Cassidy versus Swerve. That's what uh, that's that, that'll be that'll be my thinking here. And I feel like you could get really good TV main events out of both of those. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And I hope that I hope that you're right. Um, I already mentioned it. Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. Obviously, I just think that this has this could break through and be the match of the night. It depends it, on how Moxley and MJF do. It could, and again, it could. you've got the claimed and swerve. So like it's tough. And both but the thing is that both of those matches could hit the wrong way and not break through, but they also could both hit perfectly and break through and, and be... I feel like this is the one where you know how it wasn't super hard to predict that the, that the acclaim would be super over right. at, uh, at all out. I feel like now the right, like it's clear Jamie Hayter is going to, going to be like maybe the most over person on the show right? or something or some, or something close to it, which makes the Tony storm thing weird. Cause Tony just won the title. Right. And I really feel like she could be a good stabilizing force, but at the same time, the like the groundswell with Jamie Hayter is just so strong right now. It's there, yeah. That do you really want to mess around with that and maybe and maybe squander it? I don't know because Tony literally just got the belt. So I know, I and it's I don't it's know, tough. man. It's tough too because Tony's got the setup 
for the unification match with Rosa, right? They've got the the the, the tag team, and I can definitely see why you want to you know keep it the way it is. But as you just said, and as we both know, like Jamie is is here, she's ready, and like I said, when I look at the when I look at the the, the card, we've got some matches that have really high ceilings. This is basically what I was trying to say when I talked about like, this could, this is the match of the night is that we've got a ton of matches that have high ceilings, but low floors. And this match has, I think the highest floor with the high ceiling. So I think that if, if everything hits wrong, this match ends up being the match of the night. Um, If everything hits right, probably not, you know? So it's kind of that, that's kind of the situation here. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely with you with that, where it's just like Tony, Tony is having the best championship, the best women's championship, you know, reign since Riho, basically. Um, so it is kind of tough because do you want to cut it short for this? But it doesn't make sense to to not go with Hater with just how over she is. Um, four-way ROH title match. We already talked about it. Jericho, Danielson, Claudio, Sammy. I think we obviously come out of this with Jericho still with the championship, a bunch of chicanery, a bunch of sports entertainment, maybe some drama between Guevara and Jericho. But I think at the end of the day, we end up with Jericho still the champion and it's, it'll be fine. It'll be fun, but there's not much really to write home about this. Yeah. I'm thinking Jericho wins. I'm hoping it'll be fun. It'll be a good match, but it's definitely a thing where, the finish will be the important thing here and how they're going to use that to build towards whatever they do for final battle, which I'm assuming is Jericho versus Danielson, but we'll see. Yeah. Makes all sense. Um, Jade versus Nyla. Uh, Jade probably wins here. I think that this is the match to get people to open their fucking eyes, but not in the way that I wish that they would, which is to open their eyes at just how good Nyla is, but to open their eyes to how good Jade is, because I think that Nyla is going to make Jade look so good here that coming out of it, people are going to be like, oh my God, why have we been questioning Jade? Oh my God, why are people saying that she shouldn't be the champion and that she shouldn't be on pay-per-view and she's not good enough for this? And I think that coming out of it, that's going to be the talking point. But the thing that everyone's going to overlook is that Nyla built a storyline, made drama, turned Jade babyface, which has been needed for months at this point and and delivers her a solid match that will go longer than you know five minutes and everyone at the end of the day is not going to appreciate that nyla is the one who made all of that happen and they're going to be too busy talking about how good jade looked i'm i want this to be a wild chaotic brawl i don't want them to do anything that's uh i guess like really resembling like a typical wrestling match structure this should be all about them brawling and killing each other and jade using her explosiveness and eventually taking over the match and winning and winning from there but i think that this match has a clear way in which it should go and i'm hoping that's what they follow otherwise i feel like it can be very easy for them to lose the audience honestly so i'm hoping so i'm hoping they do that they they go the most exciting route possible and let them go out there for I don't know how, how you know these Jade matches are short. So if they're gonna if they want to go let them go out there for five, six minutes, but it's totally chaotic and wild and brawling, you maybe get a little bit of stuff involved. I think that I think that'd be the best way to maximize 
both of these two in this position. But I, I, I am, I am on your side here that I feel like Nyla should get more credit for her role in baby facing Jade when baby facing Jade is a really, 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 really hard task. Yeah, but it was not just that it was a hard task, but that, like I said, that it was necessary because we're at the point now where like everyone has been begging for this. And I don't think a lot of people were really coming up with how to get there. And I think that Jay did a really good job of making it happen, you know? So, so yeah, that was kind of uh, the point there. And I think that you agree with it. And I, I agree with you in a, in a lot of ways there from what you said. Um, Britt Baker versus Soraya. This is completely up in the air. No fucking clue. What do you, what, I mean, what do you think? I think Soraya wins, but do, do I think the match will be good? Like that's going to be, right. you know, do, do I think that this will be a good match? I don't know. Um, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping it is. I would like to see her do well and like to see her outside of the WWE environment and see what she brings. But man, I don't know, and like it's not like Britt is is going to be the easiest person to work with in your first match back in years. No, it's tough. In some ways, I can definitely see thinking that this was the smart move for Britt, but or for Soraya coming back. But as far as I can tell, very off, and I think not not good. If I was them, and obviously they had access because they, you know she's been on the shows i would have booked soraya versus riho but you know is anyone surprised that i'm like praising riho and thinking that she's the one you know the best wrestler in the company because realistically when it comes to women's wrestling and i'll put a caveat on it to say when it comes to women in aew who are safe (laughs) safe workers that you can put like a fragile soraya against um, I think the Riho would have been your best bet here, but you know, Britt and Soraya, sure. Britt has a history of busting people open and leaving people bloody, and not even just her opponents, but also herself. So we'll see. Um, like it's not, it's, it, at least it's not Thunder Rosa. Sure, sure. Um, Jarrett Lethal versus Sting and Darby. Obviously, at this point, there's no way to argue that Sting doesn't deliver. Obviously, Darby, same thing. This should this should rule. Yeah, this should be completely ridiculous and be a ton of fun that's 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 what what i'm hoping for yeah there's no argument against that lethal obviously is lethal but the guy is just lethal can stooge he can do his he can do his thing jared can be there for his spots and like i said sting and darby these this team has not you know i think top five wrestlers of the year top five act of the year for me last year so look like There's going to be a spot probably where Darby tries to do one of his dives and Jarrett crack, crack, cracks him with a guitar. Like, that's going to be the highlight of the match. And yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Even though, I, even though I might be calling this spot exactly how it's going to happen, I'm going to be so happy when I see the spot. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's how wrestling works. Uh, Luchasaurus versus uh, Jumping Jungle Jack Perry. Um, steel Cage match. This is going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting. I think that they did a really good job building up to it, but it's been so long that people forget. But the hot great on the back spot for Perry and the, all of that feels like it makes sense. This to should build have blood. A steel cage. Yeah. This should, have, this should have blood. I know that. It should have a ton of blood, a ton of drama, and this should go all out. Yeah, for I sure. Know that, I know that Moxley and MJF will probably have blood. This, 
Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus should for sure have blood. Um, I think that this is definitely the match where you bust it up for Jungle Boy. You haven't done that for he hasn't done that uh, throughout his entire tenure in w, in, in AEW. I don't think so. I feel like this is a moment where if you like using blood and feel like it can be used as a an, as a visual enhancer for matches and a great storytelling device, then I feel like this is the moment for Jungle Boy to have that bloodbath, blood all over his face moment. Yeah, and this is where we see it. If Jungle Boy can really leak and bleed like a champion, and this is where we really decide if he if he's at that level. Because got MJF ready to win the championship here. Got Jungle Boy in this, you know, drama-filled feud here. And I would love to get back to MJF and Jungle Boy at some point here soon. So I got to see it from him here. Cause like you said, I need to see the drama. I need to see the blood and I need to see that this is the kind of baby face that I can get behind. Well, I want to get back with, to all those guys. I want to get back yeah. to like, I want to, like I mentioned seeing when I want to see MJF versus Danielson and Kingston, but I want to see MJF get back to facing the Darby's and the jungle boys. Yeah, I want to see, I want to exactly. see that. Yeah. I want to see those guys get there. Um, Obviously, the trios titles, officially, there's no match yet, but we do have a trios match on the books coming up shortly, which is um, the trios champions of the Death Triangle, Pac and the Lucha Bros, taking on Top Flight, Darius, uh, or Dante Martin, and the returning Darius Martin, and A.R. Fox. Crazy-ass trio. That's that's absurd. yeah. Yeah. That feels like a setup for something, but coming out of that, do you think that we end up getting a trios title match on the pay per view, or do you think that that's that's the that that's their showcase match, and we don't get anything else other maybe than some, that? maybe something on the maybe something on the on the uh, on the on the buy in? I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, do you want to have a guess on who they would take on, or just want to say maybe there'd be something there? No, because I, I could just do anything, so I, I sure. don't know. Sure, sure. All right, cool. Well, it looks like a good show on paper. They're going to add way too many more matches to it, which is going to be unfortunate because if they kept it with the nine matches that are on there, including the finals of the AEW Eliminator Tournament, which we did not talk about. because it's like Ethan Page might win? Know. Yeah, he's probably going to win. That's Who? fine. Ethan I'm Page trying, versus I'm trying, I'm trying to think who's on the other side of the bracket. Um, there's like uh, Bandito. I don't know. No, no Bandito's, on, Bandito's on, Peach, on Page's side. No, I think maybe, fa- maybe. Yeah, he is. They're facing each other on Dynamite. Oh, okay, okay. So they haven't got there yet. Um, so, I'm trying to, so I'm trying to figure out who is even on the other side of the bracket. Um, is that Brian Cage? Uh, yeah, Cage. Uh, pay is Page? I don't even know. I, I'm. You know what? I'm not gonna get into this because I have no fucking clue at this point. I'm just trying to look it up, but I'm not gonna even continue trying. Um. But I think everyone thinks it's just going to be Paige. It's going to be the finals, right? Like that's—I think that's what everyone assumes. Paige yeah, is going to win. I think, I, think where, I think that's where everyone's at with it. But still, yeah. like, still, tr- still think, trying to figure it out. Still, still trying to get there and figure it out. Yeah, I think that the final is Paige. I think Paige wins. I think we get the match. We get MJF versus Paige, and like I said, because I think MJF is the champion and is a babyface. I think we get MJF Paige. And that's used as a setup to MJF versus Morrissey. I think Morrissey gets involved after the match, during the match, whatever. And then, yeah, that's the setup to Morrissey versus uh, MJF as the big 
you know, the big bad for the for the firm. And, and you know, they could draw I that just, out. I, and... I just don't I just don't think I yeah, I'm just don't buy into this MJF going babyface thing. Because I feel like they would have given him sure, something sure. more, you know, than than just the firm. Like I, 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 know, I, don't know. I know, I know. Yeah, so I don't think that's gonna happen, but well, no. I think it is. I'm excited for it. I like the idea of having Stokely and MJF feuding for long term, basically like Hogan and the brain. Where you have a, a heel manager who brings in monsters of the month challengers for the babyface champion, I actually really like that idea. And I think when you when people talk about how much of a student of the game that MJF is, like how much he would basically building up like an old school style situation like that, I would not be shocked. But again, I could also see it going the other way. So um, either way, Quentin, did you watch? Colby Carino versus uh, Kurt Robinson. No, I did not get a chance. I did not get a chance to. Um, okay. I can't blame you. Yeah, it was good because it was phenomenal. I would definitely highly recommend it to people. It's quick. This is the interesting thing. It's it's a twelve minute match. It felt long to me, but it felt like long because it felt like it was so there was so much there and there was so much drama to it that I thought I was going to tell you like. Watch it if you have time because it goes long. And then I looked it up and I was like, this is like under 15 minutes. But it felt long because of because of there being so much drama and so much there. Robinson is obviously not – he's not the Kurt Robinson that I fell in love with when he was like a child where he was like really toned in with the grappling, wrestling, training constantly with Gulak. So he's definitely a lot more pro style. Obviously, Colby Carino, we've talked about it. Uh, or at least I've talked about it ad nauseum at this point, just how good Colby Carino is right now. Like really peaking as a, as a wrestler, really peaking in general with like just how good he is. So it's like kind of uh it's, it's a really good showing from both guys. Colby Carino looks amazing. You know, Robinson looks great. They play off of a lot of, you know, the history between the two. They, there's a ton there. There, there really is a ton there, storyline-wise, not just between the two, like historically, but also in the levels of how they put together the match. Like, highly recommend it. People should definitely check this out. Not saying match of the year, you know, shouldn't, but, but if you're doing a recommendation list, if you're a handwork, you know. If you're like like uh, uh, Joseph Monticillio doing like a list of like underappreciated great matches kind of thing, if you're trying to get people to to look at some stuff that maybe they won't look at, I think it belongs on those kind of lists. It doesn't necessarily belong on a match of the year list, if that makes sense. No, it's a it's a, it's a resume maker more than something where. Yeah, this is gonna be near the top of the list, and like I I enjoy those kind of things. So I'll look out for it. Where was that? PWF. Yeah, PWF. Um, uh, yeah, of course. I'll check, that I'll check that out then. Did you happen to see Kaito Kaito Kiyomiya versus Ooh. Timothy Thatcher? Yes, I was actually I was almost gonna start out the show uh, singing a Kaito Kiyomiya uh, rendition of the Brian and Vinny song about <laughs> Kaito Kiyomiya. That's how stoked I was on this. But Quentin, you told me to watch it. I was planning on watching it, but. Uh, Give me your thoughts on the GHC champion here, because this is the first time in a while that we have a GHC champion who feels like the man. Well, yeah, me and you have been believers in Kaito 
for a while, you know, people were people were big into Cano and where did we neither of us were really big into Cano at any point with his stuff. Obviously not into Muda. We both love Goshi Ozaki, but for as great as Go was, he ended his reign losing to Muda. So <laughs> he just kind of so the just, thing just, about Go was that he felt like it was a redemption thing. Like yeah. as the champion, he was proving something. And this is the first time that we've had a champion who doesn't or in a while, a champion who doesn't necessarily feel like he's like overcoming his history. Yeah, no, that was a whole big redemption for Go that made it a really awesome story. This is just here's the ace of the company. Here's the guy. Here's the one that we've been building up for the last five years now. Here is here he is really at the top of his game, conquering Muda and all the other old guys. Here he is now. And Kaito's always been a really good seller. And I feel like that's a quality of a really strong babyface ace champion is being able to sell your adversity and sell your struggle. And we love Timothy Thatcher. So we we view Timothy, Timothy Thatcher as credible in any situation he's in. We've seen him as the evolved champion. We've seen him Get, pu- get pushed in progress. We've seen him get pushed in PWG, whatever else. Twenty Thatcher was a commodity on uh, wrestling scenes in both the Indi- uh, but you have in US Indies and in Europe. So we have a built-in respect for him. Co- being in Japan is a newer experience. And Thatcher's been really good in Japan, has gotten pushed and has gotten some prominent spots, but still is a newer force a newer guy in the context of pro wrestling noah so to see him go out there and get a 37 minute match with kaito and korokin hall was kind of surreal it was all kind of kind of strange but i thought it worked really well because he got to see thatcher just do what thatcher does and be in control and grind the and grind the momentum and pace of the match down and take control of kaito and Kaito's selling was really, really great. And the thing with Thatcher is sometimes you may feel that his finish it, the finishes to his matches are sort are sort of abrupt, but it's almost this breath of fresh air. And finally, someone and finally after Thatcher has been hounding you and hounding you, you get that little bit of an opening, do what you can, you win the match, and you feel like you and you feel like you barely escaped in this. Not this big fireworks display, but almost like the middleweight fight from last night, where you made it all the way down to the fifth round and you pull off this you last second. Of, oh, that, that spoil it for you? It's a, you it's son a, of a bitch! No, 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 you didn't spoil it for me. But I was literally going to make the same reference, so okay. please continue. Okay, okay, <laughs> I can't spoil a, a live event for you, can? <laughs> um, but no, no, but, but it's, it's, it's almost like. The middleweight fight, the middleweight fight from last night, or Usman or Usman versus Leon Edwards, and that finally you get a little bit of an opening. You take advantage, you take advantage of it, and that's where you and that's where you get your victory. So I love Thatcher's performance here. We love Thatcher. Thatcher's an all-time great. You'll hear plenty about Thatcher whenever we do uh, the the GWE 2026. But I think this is a really important match for Kaito showing that range and we barely saw any of Kaito's offense at all. We didn't see any of it. And 
it was all selling and not the super dramatized limping around, only using one arm type of selling. He was just getting his ass whooped and dominated by a guy that works a completely different style than him. And he sold his ass off. And when, and when he got opportunity, hit him, hit the shining wizard and he escaped. And I really, and I really hit the story told there. Yeah, this is, this is Robinson versus Anoki Robinson versus uh, Baba kind of building up, you know, again, cause he's young. And he's new to the, the to the UK crowd. They've seen him. He won the tag team titles, but the the Japanese crowd are starting to see this guy and understand what he is and get who he is. And that's why it is. It's kind of the early Robinson in Japan stuff, where you can. Well, we're hopefully we continue to see him at this level as the generations continue to move on, where he is. He's a challenger. He's always devious he's always a difficult you know to move on from and that's why exactly when you talked about the middleweight title match from last night where it's like but you got to get that opening and a better fighter a better technical grappler can lose when the you know the plucky heart you know heart has a heart coming through with the big random strike the big you know lifting knee all that stuff like can make like the difference when it comes to the finish, but you've got this guy who will continue, hopefully for generations, like me and you and all of us have been fans of of Thatcher for a long time, but it's not, it wouldn't be surprising to see a guy who could work like this to continue to be a legitimate perceived as a legitimate threat in Noah for, you know, at least another 10 years, at least another cycle you know what I mean? Going through to another ace and another big challenger and another, you know what I mean? Another situation like this where a, a young champion needs to prove themselves and prove their muster against this kind of guy. And with the shape that Thatcher keeps him himself in and the fact that we know that he's not, you know, out partying and all that stuff and very serious. Like you could see Thatcher again, like proving to be like a Billy Robinson type. And it's really cool because it's been a long time. And people might say Zach, I guess, Saber feels like the, you know, he's kind of doing the Billy Robinson thing in New Japan, but it's not quite at this level, or at least it doesn't feel like at this level. And hopefully Thatcher can, can actually be like a, a new Billy Robinson type for, for Noah. But yeah, this match absolutely rocked. Obviously there's tons of like neat stuff here. And, you know, it's fun to come out of a match like this as a, you know, a Thatcher guy, a Thatcher fan, a, you know, a, a, a dork for this motherfucker. And you come out of it and you're happy. You're kind of happy that he lost, you know, because it's it's a cool story and it's nice the way that it went. And I don't necessarily like want him to win. I like I like him in this role. So, yeah, this was tons of fun. Great match and uh, super, super uh super challenge and hopefully a setup again for, for Thatcher becoming like a bigger, a bigger thing. Um, Quentin, anything else before we get into DDT? What do you think? We saw, we thought we had to talk Dragon Gate. Sure. Sure. That's the main event. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah that, oh, that's okay. what I thought. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sweet. That's fine. That's fine with me. Yeah, um, we'll get through, we'll get through DDT quick. Um, okay. So we had plans to talk about, uh, 
the DO, the Grand Prix tournament. And I don't know, like, I'm not trying to write the tournament off, but as I talked about towards the top of the show, I feel like this is by far the worst tournament that they've done so far, or at least the, the, the worst Grand Prix that they've done so far. And I, don't, and I honestly don't even think it's close. I feel like this is a pretty bad tournament. And there are things here that I'm paying attention to because I just want to see how certain guys how, how certain how certain guys do. I want to see how Cannon does. I want to see how Naya does. I want to see how Naomi Oshimura does. Like there's th- there's things that I do want to see, but otherwise, I feel like this tournament kind of sucks. There's been good stuff that we'll, that we'll that we'll talk that we'll talk about and, sure, give some, sure. and, give some, and give some proper light to, but I don't know. Okay, I will say in proper DDT fashion, they've made things as confusing as possible. And I talked about it recently with um oh god, what tournament was it where like there was so much stuff all over the place. Maybe it was the G1 even. Um where like there's so much stuff all over the place. Oh no, it was the um the king of or God, what do they call it? The uh um, it's the New Japan tournament that uh, that they do the single elimination. New Japan Cup. Like, yeah, the New Japan Cup had like so many matches and it was all over the place that like it really got hard to follow. Um, and it was insanely confusing. Like, and matches weren't happening. And they, they, it's weird because they did that here. Like, and I talked about it with you. I sent you a DM about this because it was insanely confusing. Because okay. The first show was called The Beginning, and then the second show was called Night One, and then the third show was called Night Two, and then the fourth show was called Free, and then the fifth show was called Night Four. Like, it was just, like, all over the place, and then they did that again later on because there's, like, a... They did, like, a... um, Like, a... Whatever. Like, some pay-per-view show name, and then, oh, okay, and that's in between, and then we're now at Night Three and Five, and Anyways, they like mixed everything up and they, they did that shit. And it's like, it's so DDT to just like name things in this insanely confusing manner. There's a ton of mixed up stuff in between. And, and in between all of that, you've also got the debut and championship win of Naruki Doi. And then the title, like, defense of Naruki Doi on the next show. So it's just like, okay, now what the fuck am I supposed to pay attention to? You're mixing up the names. You're mixing up the like what's going on, and you're having like a debut of a big time fucking star, and you're like he's winning a title, and he's like getting mixed like random challengers. Like, I'm sorry, but I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. I'm so fucking confused. This is like ridiculous. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of that. There's also again, there's a ton of garbage in here. RSP, like. Ricky Shane Page is a guy who I've been a fan of in the past. He sucks. He's been really bad in this tournament. Joey Janela is Janela. Like he's honestly, he's had been okay, but also he's been bad. Endo and Sasaki, you mentioned it on a podcast, like in the middle of just mentioning it because you saw it as we were recording. But Endo and Sasaki going to a thirty-minute draw is fucking ridiculous. Like what the fuck? But there's a lot to enjoy here. You saw. You said Cannon. Obviously, Ueno has been looking really good. Haguchi has been amazing. And 
Yuki Onaya. I think that Yuki Onaya has looked really fucking good in this tournament. Like, most of his matches are, are awesome, including, like, one of the most recent matches he had against Chris Brooks. Like, Jesus Christ, I would, like, say that that's a really, like, go out of your way to watch. Mao. Mao is a guy that me Mao, and you are Mao, not... Mao has been good. Yeah, he's been good in here, especially the match with Higuchi. Jesus Christ. Like, when we talk about how good Higuchi is, the match with Mao is, like, watch that match and see just how good Higuchi is. Like, yeah, th- there there is stuff here, and it's not just the stuff that you're thinking to watch. There, it, there are things that are worth watching here. You know, so that's why it's tough for me to say, like, oh, it's bad. It's it is bad. It's bad in a way that's like because it's hard to keep up with what's going on. But if you have the time, if you're a fucking freak, if you're taking the time to watch everything, there's a lot going on in here. It's just it's really confusing. It's not super clear. And it's like kind of hard to follow everything. But there's a lot in here that's worth watching. But yeah, Quentin, I, I, I don't know. That's my thoughts. Feel free to say what you have to say. Oh, no, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, Ueno. I feel like this has been a good reminder for how good Ueno can be, because I feel like he's been in sort of a weird position ever since ever since that Takashita title match, which I thought was really good. But I feel like he's been kind of just floating around since then. And Higuchi, we mentioned him, maybe Kashi up to Boxley, but I've really liked all of his matches. I thought he's been. I thought, I thought he's been awesome in all these matches. So. You mentioned the Mao match. We didn't even talk about the Yuji Hino match, which went, th- went 30 minutes. And, you know, a Yuji Hino match going 30 minutes on paper, you're like, oh, man, that's kind of all right. But it's Higuchi. And Higuchi is someone that I trust for 30 minutes. And it might not be an amazing match, but I still feel like they, t- they were able to use all of that time really well, and I was engaged throughout the whole time. And Again, when we're doing Wrestler of the Year stuff, that's something that's going to be a feather in Higuchi's cap that with someone as limited as Yuji Hino, as fun as he may be, he went 30 with him and it didn't feel like a drag compared to watching something like Sasaki versus Endo. And watching Higuchi versus the other yeah. opponents here too, he's been, he's, been, he's been just as good. So that would be my main takeaway or... The match that I would come away the most impressed the most impressed with would be would be Higuchi versus Hino, um, Higuchi versus Cannon, actually too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. From the from the from the beginning, you know, I didn't get I didn't I didn't get to see that when you had seen it. I loved that match. I thought that Cannon looked really really good in it. I haven't got to see the Chris Brooks match yet from the show that's from from the show that aired today. Oh yeah, yeah. but yeah. highly recommend that one. Yeah, he's 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 again if. He might be the best wrestler in the world right now. And there's really not much that you could say that would be like that would make me disagree with that. He might he very, very, very well may be the best wrestler in the world right now. And it wouldn't be and it wouldn't be an insane statement. Yeah. I would what, say what, 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 I'm sorry, but I was gonna ask you what you thought of Cannon versus Mal. But say what you were gonna say and then you can answer that. Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, Cannon versus Mal was fucking rocked. Like yeah, that was, yeah, that was really good. Mao has been, again, impressive on this show. I'm excited because I'm going to see Mao live. I was like not as excited about seeing Chunma when I saw that get announced, but like yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to the Prestige show that has uh, 
Mao and uh, Shunma and oh god, I think there's another uh, Sauna Club person on the show. Maybe not, but either way, super excited. But yeah, the 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 Mao and Cannon match was great. Like I said, like there again, Hino has been really good throughout. Hino in the um, even in the trios. Where the where they dropped the trios titles to Awashi and uh, Doi and um, oh god who is the third member of the team um, oh uh, Harada like Hino looked great in that match so yeah Hino's looked really fucking good um, Mao has looked good and as I talked about like uh, Naya Naya and Mao had a great match like there's a ton of Really good, really great stuff here. Did you pay attention to the Doi stuff here in DDT? Sorry if I interrupted you before you had uh, the fact that the fact that he was going freelance, the fact that he's going freelance and then popped back up in Dragon Gate. Sure, sure, but I mean, you know, he's a he's a Dragon Gate official. Yeah, do I don't really even want to get into the the Dave stuff on the show. We can. I've been joking about it and talking shit to Dave on Twitter as much as I can for this because he's been very stupid about all of this. But I just meant, did you have you been paying attention to Doi in DDT? Oh uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen, I've seen a couple matches. Yeah, yeah, the two matches that he had, uh, and uh, either way, um, again, again, like I said, because you're like, eh, you know, you know, Doi 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 will be they're easing him in. But sure. Doi will have some really, really good <laughs> matches. I mean, they're easing him in in the sense that he showed up and won the trios titles. Like, I'm, no, I don't I, know. I, how... I, easing him in in terms of sense, like he's not going straight. Like, obviously, yeah. there's, there's a tournament going on. Yeah, but yeah. like, you know, they're not going straight. Okay, Doi, you're gonna, you know, right. we're doing you, we're doing you versus Haguchi now. Right, which would be great, and they haven't even like killed the the Hiroshima. They okay, they did the first defense. Okay, so they win the titles from Omega and uh Hino. Or I guess Hino's part of Omega, whatever. But Oishi, um uh Asahi and Hino versus Disaster Box, which is Harada, Awashi, and Doi, which is fucking crazy. I'm just like, Doi came in here and he's like teaming with Awashi, I guess, whatever. And even in the first match when they win the titles, they don't even do a ton of uh, Oishi versus Doi stuff, which was what I was super excited about. They teased it. They like repeatedly were obviously building to it, but they did not give it away in the first match. And it's not even like a, a match. It's not even a singles match. It's a it's a trios match, and they still didn't give it away. They were like building up to getting the actual like trios match, which I thought was great that they like went out of their way to build up to that. So that was exciting. But yeah, like that, and then they did a six man um, on the next show, and it wasn't even for the titles. Akito Doi Endo versus uh, Okatani. Uh, Masada and Ishida and solid match, whatever. But yeah, like I just, Doi has been really good here, but yeah, they're, they're like very, especially because like you said, he's coming in in the middle of the tournament. They're not like going to just, you know, rocket ship him to the top, but they're like building him in nice. 
they probably should. He should be a title challenger because I would love to see Higuchi versus Doi like as soon as possible, right? For the title, like that'll be great. I'm there. I'm there too with uh, Doi and Higuchi. I really, I really want to see Doi versus like Sakaguchi though. I really yeah. want to see. Oh yeah, that. And you know, since Doi, yeah, Hiroshima well, versus Doi, yeah, yeah. Well, since Doi's been kind of notorious for uh being stiff, if you listen to some of the American workers that have gone over there, I would, I, w- I would like to see just how crazy him and Sakaguchi go with each other. Oh God, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, God, think Doi turning into turning the heel shit up all the way to eleven facing Ueno. Oh my fucking God! Could you imagine? That'll be <laughs> dude. <laughs> yes. Yes, I want to see that so bad. Ueno versus Doi is like a dream match. That'd yeah, that, so I might, honestly, the, uh, more than Takashita versus Doi or Harashima yeah. versus Doi, I mean, Higuchi, I think I really want to see Ueno yes. versus Doi. Yeah, oh my god. Okay. Speaking of, did you see Ueno and Yoshimura from the, uh, from the day before? Yes, I did. Yeah. I, I did see that. that okay, was, this um, is... Like I said, these guys have are starting to get the how to do this match. Ueno, I love how much Ueno is bleeding a lot of times at the end of his matches now. Um, but yeah, like Ueno now knows how to to sell a real fucking fight more than he used to, and th- yeah, this absolutely rocked. No, yeah, this it, it's it, it might not be my best match in the tournament so far. But it's really close to it, honestly. I yeah. loved it, and especially if we're comparing it to their first encounters in tournaments. Oh man, it's like the growth in this matchup is insane. It's I remember just being so disappointed in their matchup before and like wishing it was better. And I'm glad to see that they're finally getting it now in terms of how important or how big that their matches against each other should feel. Yes, yeah. As they've as they've grown, like I said, as Ueno continues to just for some reason every match he busts his nose up and starts bleeding, um, which I I really appreciate. Like, yeah, he's he's really figuring it out when it comes to uh, when it comes to yeah that side of things, like being a lot more physical. We'll say. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about DDT before we move on to the main event of the evening? Uh, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. If you just want to move on and talk some Gate of Destiny, yeah, let's talk about the main event. We're going to talk about the number two, the clear, undisputed number two promotion in Japan for men's wrestling. <laughs> So like I'm going to make that it. very clear <laughs> for all of the Dragon Gate perverts out there who want to squibble, squabble, and argue. Yes, Dragon Gate is the number two of men's wrestling in Japan. When it comes to men's wrestling in Japan, Dragon Gate is number two, right? I'm, I'm fine. I can accept that. That's, that's what fair. do you think? Okay. That's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> yeah. If we talk about all of Japanese wrestling promotions, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we won't talk about that tonight. But anyways, opening up the show, Natural Vibes, um, the, the, the Kung Fu Masters 
plus KZ and UT versus Don Fuji, Doi, the aforementioned Doi, Kondo, and Ultima Dragon. Under 10 minutes for an eight-man tag. Solid. Not much to say. What what do, what do you think? Yeah, no, not much to say. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, I love seeing Fuji, Doi, Kondo, and Ultima Dragon all together. That's a yeah. really awesome team. And like I love natural vibes so much. Uh, well, I love the Dragon Gate roster <laughs> in general <laughs> so much. So, sure. like, just like, so I, I, I like, I like this. I thought this was, I thought this was super fun and a really good way to open the show. Nothing crazy or hope about or anything, but it was just a fun way to open the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Doi looked good. Obviously, he's ready to to do his thing and move on. Um, and yeah, KZ. <sighs> You know, KZ feels like just so wasted here, but again, it's like this is the Dragon Gate always has to have this guy, you know, for you know, there's always the guy who's just under pushed and over appreciated. And right now it's KZ, that's fine. Um, either way, move on. Next match, um, M3K of Ishinahashi. No one cares about this guy, um, <laughs> Kanda. And uh, uh, going up against Horiguchi and uh, Kaiten Nagano, like I said, like who could possibly give a shit about any of these people? No, none oh, of them are going to be involved in a big program later on at the end of uh, the night. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. Who, who could possibly who could possibly care? Yeah, Ishinahashi at the end of the match asks for a shirt to join M3K officially because at this point he's been rushing. I guess the the. The group he's not completely joined um so he gets he's now part of m3k uh but yeah the match i i thought the match was actually really good for the the quality of or the level of wrestler that you have here this is the thing this is the toughest part as i you know again i started out the podcast or started out the review of this show kind of like goading and and and, and being you know Obviously, you know what I was doing there, Quentin. Um, towards the the Dragon Gate perverts, which is a very interesting, particular thing. You know what I thought? You know what I was thinking about earlier today? I was like, kind of like, in my mind, breaking down the concept of like the Dragon Gate pervert and how it's like a very unique thing. And you know what I've kind of realized as I was thinking it through is that the Dragon Gate pervert and the Dragon Gate as a promotion itself is kind of like if ECW continued. If ECW had never gone out of business, the person who's like, like has this weird defiance disorder where they don't, they like really love the non-mainstream company. But if the the non-mainstream company continued to exist for like 20 years and always was just not the top company, but was always like right at the cusp, like it just creates this weird, like it's, it's a very odd thing. Cause it's like, they still got a lot of gen X, like, a, a Gen X nature to them where they're like very anti-authoritarian, but like you've continued to be like right on the cusp for so long. It's, it's, I kind of enjoy it. I like it either way. Um, the match itself, insanely crisp, insanely um, like everything here is done really professionally. And that's why I say that like, it's hard to like argue with the, with the Dragon Gate pervert because most Dragon Gate wrestlers are so, like good they're like really technically proficient like no it's it's an interesting thing where like if you look at the stardom roster right and i think that like in terms of big blockbuster oh i can't wait to see this big match that stardom has so many of those 
but top to bottom on the roster, just who's a good wrestler? Right. Like, in terms of who Dragon Gate regularly uses, there's just so many of them. They're just really, really good. You know, like, everyone in Natural Vibes is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, like everyone, like everyone, everyone in Z brat, everyone like, in gold class, like, yeah, like, it's 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 a hard thing. So, like, for me, Dragon Gate is something where I feel like the booking within the last couple of years hasn't always been great, but they're still churning out ridiculous ridiculous talent. And as we keep talking about the show, they'll get highlighted more, but um. Let's get through this. Uh, Holo Loon and Holo Loon, Takashi Yoshida, Yosuke Santa Maria versus Gurukin Mask, uh, Konomama Ichikawa, Monday Ryu, and Shashihoko Boy. This is short. Go yeah, see what happens. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Little, 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 little fun thing. I don't got much to say there. Nope. Um, Zebrats, uh, BB Hulk and Diamante. Yeah. Uh, Diamante versus Gold Class. MK, Kota Minora, and Motor, uh, Minorita in a three on two handicap match. This was really fun. Dude, Diamante kicks ass. I love him. So, Phenomenal. So yeah. much. He yeah. is so good. I'd never want him to leave. I just want him to stay. I don't want him to stay in Dragon Gate forever. I love him. Yeah, so I hope much. That, I hope that he just stays. I hope that he's not in like uh Bandito where he needs to go back to Mexico to spend more time with Travis Banks. Um, yeah, he just no, needs to. Not. Yeah, he needs to stay in Japan, and you know, whatever. Like, find your find yourself a life and a family in Japan because this is where they love you. And another, the other side of this match, when you talk about it, like there is a lot of people who are talking about, you know, people, a lot of people in general, and especially the people in the next match um, as the rookie of the year conversation. I'm sorry, but. The rookie of this year conversation is Minorita, and that's it. There is not really any other conversation here. Like the a lot of the other like rookie of the year like people that that anyone mentioned like I guess maybe like Jake Paul. I don't know. Like I don't really want to get into if Jake Paul counts. Like when we're talking about real wrestlers, like Minorita is the rookie of the year. This guy is fucking phenomenal and is so goddamn good and in this match the way that the crowd is into him on top of how good he is and we'll get into the next match but i just i keep hearing stuff about fujiwara and everyone loves him and and, and they think he's so good but this is where you can't trust the dragon gate pervert you know for, for their own opinion on stuff like Minarita is so goddamn good. Dude, the guy is selling the drama and then when he hits his big spots, the crowd investment, like this is the fucking guy. Like him, him, I, him, him and La Estrella should like yes, they should, yeah, yeah. They, should they should be a team. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Yes, for sure. But yeah, like Diamante is just this motherfucker needs to live in Japan for the, the rest of his life. Basically. I do not want to see Diamante in, in Mexico. I, I really don't because no, I don't know. I, think... I want, I want him to stay in Japan. I want him and Shun like to be tag partners forever. I don't care. For life. I want, yeah. I want him and Shun attached to the hip. Like that's what I want. Yeah. Like I, I love Diamante and I think he's great, but I just don't think that there's any Lucha company that would ever treat this guy properly. 
he'll never be the kind of star that he could be in Dragon Gate in Mexico. It'll never happen. This match, uh, like like we already talked about, like we've already talked about this too much. This match fucking ruled. Like, and it had BB Hulk in it. <laughs> you know, like did did Hulk do anything? I don't know. Maybe, but through, through, through Gold kicks. Class and Diamante, <laughs> that's the match. Yeah. Uh, Ata versus Takuma Fujiwara. You mentioned like I can see why you prefer me, uh, Minorita, but. Takuma is really, really good, man. Okay. He's, he's, not, he's very good. I'm not saying Fujiwara is bad. I'm just saying people are kind of losing their shit on him in a way that I just... I don't know. I think that Minorita is... is Honestly, the way that the crowd reacts to Minorita... Like, that's my point. Is that, like Fujiwara is very good and executes a lot of cool moves feels natural in the ring, but he does not have the crowd reaction that Minorita has. Yeah, maybe not. Minorita. Yeah. Yeah, Minorita is more over. And it's just to me like that's a big part of wrestling is getting over. Like you can be a good wrestler and sure, like Fujiwara is a very good wrestler. Minorita is more over. He's gotten over bigger and like some dorks really love Fujiwara's stuff in Mexico. And that's fine, but he's not over in Mexico. The crowds are not really going crazy for for Minora in Mexico, or I'm sorry, for Fujiwara in Mexico. Well, like, well, I think that right now, like again, he did just come back uh, from his from his excursion, and they haven't like really gotten into like what their plans will be from going forward. Like he's not he's not he's not, he's not even in a unit yet. No, I don't so, think he's coming back. I think he's going. I think he just this one match, and he's going back to Mexico. No, he um he might he might be, but he did the like he did get a destiny, then did then did a show, then did a Corican show, and then was on the Noah Global Dream show, um on the opposite side of a tag against against Shun Skywalker against Shun Skywalker, so maybe he is going back to Mexico. I don't know. I haven't I haven't, I haven't been keeping up on that, but. This is this is a guy where like he hasn't really gotten to, you know, choose his alignment. Is he gonna do a heel turn? Is he gonna be studying under Susamu or something like that? Like he hasn't gotten to do anything like that yet, as to like to where like he can really have that audience connection. If that makes sense. He just sure, sure. been the guy out there having good having good matches and hasn't been afforded the luxury of here. Like we're gonna build up the story. Like you being one of Mochizuki Young Boys, and like he just hasn't got, he just hasn't gotten that. But that being said, I thought the Ata match was really, really good though. I thought this was super fun. I thought that Takuma yeah. looked really good in it. This is my favorite Ata match in a long time. Yes. Um. So I, I, I really, I really enjoyed this. I don't know if you have much, much more to add about it. Well, do you know why you, why this is the best Ata match in a long time? Why? Because just like I was talking about, is that uh, Fujiwara Takuma for the first time you know, is back in Japan from Mexico and Ada was working. This was kind of like a Lucha brawl kind of match. They brawled around the ring. He took them all around to all four sides. He, you know, they did like some, some basically like stereotypical heel, like Lucha heel stuff where he's grinding on him. He's being dismissive. He's kicking him. He's, you know, like he's choking him in the corner. He's working through the crowd. Like this was, for the first time in a long time, Ada getting to work like a like a Rudo, and that's what Ada is the best at. Honestly, 
like Ada has always been the best at being a Rudo, working over the arm, grinding. Like I said, just like really taking him apart in that style, and it's just like not what they do in Dragon Gate. And then you know now I guess Ada is like a Noah wrestler or whatever. You know, ask Dave about what how how this stuff works. But that's kind of my point. It's just like Ada looked really good here because he's going against someone who's like well versed in what you expect here. Um, so, but, but, but that said, great match. I think Fujiwara looks awesome. Um, obviously insanely naturally gifted, but I just think that Fujiwara is your rookie of the year. If you're like a Osprey wrestler of the year guy, you know what I mean? And like, I think that you can understand what I'm talking about there. If you're the kind of person who thinks that Osprey is the wrestler of the year, then you probably also think that Fujiwara is the rookie of the year. Because it's um, like yeah, the yeah. it's the execution thing. It's like doing cool stuff, kind of guy. Does that no, make I'm, sense? No, I'm with you. I when you say it like that, I told I definitely totally see what you mean because I feel like that Venn diagram is a perfect circle. Yeah. Uh, um, either way, D Courage, Dragon Gaia, and okay. Madoka Kakuda versus Big Boss Shimizu and Strong and Strong Machine J for the Twin Gate titles. What did you think of this? Okay. I have to say that, you know, I'm not trying to take credit away from the open the voice gate guys because they know everything. But do you remember when we did the podcast, when we, the last time I reviewed DDT and I said, uh, Kakuda and Daya would be the tag team of D courage and they would create a unit. Right. And now they have the, the unit, the D courage unit mm. of the three guys that I said, you know, so, so they did it, and D-Courage is not just a unit in Dragon Gate, but feels like the driving force of Dragon Gate, right? Um, so, you know, I saw it coming. I saw that coming. Again, I'll give the credit to the, the Voices of Wrestling guys, or the Open the Voice Gate guys, because they they uh, they saw it coming too, but they, you know, they spend their whole lives watching this shit, so they should see it. Um, either way, this match, phenomenal. Uh, Strong Machine J... Strong Machine J is so goddamn good. Like this, a lot of lot, lot, super charismatic behind that dumb, behind that dumb yeah. mask. <laughs> it just there's not a lot of second generation wrestlers that can really just be so different. Because <laughs> Super Strong Machine was not he was just like his whole thing was he's a big muscle guy, right? Like that was it. Strong Machine J is not a big muscle guy, you know. Like he's He's got what he does. He dances. He break dances. <laughs> you know, he does the whole thing. He's got that kind of vibe. It's not the same as his dad at all, but it works. Uh, Big Boss Shimizo, I think I've really loved. Like Big R has been like really the, had three or four different variations of this character. He always makes it work. Like just insanely talented wrestler. Great tag team. The Natural Vibes team. The Natural Vibes team. I thought was. Phenomenal here, but the real, obviously, the standout is is D-Courage. Dragon Daya selling his ass off the whole way through. Kakuda coming through. Dude, this roster is so fucking ridiculously good. Yes. <laughs> it's like, not fair that you forget that Shimizu's on the roster and how long Shimizu's been there. It's like, yeah, if you push Shimizu, he's very liable to have like one of the best matches of the year. In the promotion. Yeah. Easy. And, 
Like, like he's he's a guy that has that type of ceiling. We've seen like Dragon Kid is still good. Dra- yep. Like Dragon Kid. Well, we'll is talk still... about that right now. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it in a second. But Dragon Kid is still good. So this is a really good match. Not the best that we've seen out of the Twin Gate recently. Obviously, when we're talking about like the funky like the Funky Masters versus versus Z Brat. So it's not like anywhere near that. But this is a really 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 solid match, and. I feel like just highlights the depth of this roster and just from top to bottom, all the incredible wrestlers and combinations that you can get here. And yeah, you know, we don't talk about the Dragon Gate a ton on here, but that's why I'll always say Dragon Gate is my favorite company because I feel like still that it's the best company to just throw on a show from top to bottom. And even if there's nothing amazing on it, I rarely ever feel like a Dragon Gate show is a drag. Rarely. No, I, re- no. I rarely ever feel like that. Never. Never. Every Dragon Gate show is great and is watchable from top to bottom. There's very, very rare, like you said, like a bad Dragon Gate show. Um, the, the rosters are phenomenal from top to bottom. These guys are all insanely talented like you talked about. I think it's crazy to say that you have like Three matches on this show that are above four stars, but you know, whatever. Like, oh, yeah, that's no, just, oh, yeah, not, 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 not that's just not the difference show. between star ratings. You know, some people just have a different concept of how star ratings work, but this is a insanely good show. Like you said, everything is everyone is really good from top to bottom, and that is why Dragon Gate is the number two promotion in Japan for men's wrestling. When it comes to men's wrestling in Japan, Dragon Gate number two, without a question. Um, if, you, if, you, if you want to hear something, uh, Dragon Die is 24, Kakuda is oh, 23. No. Oh no, oh no, Hyo yes. is 25. Yeah, strong. Uh, I don't remember age of Strong Machine J. Strong Machine J is like Shimizu is, yeah, Shimizu, is on, Shimizu's only 30. Yeah, yeah, it's like, nuts. It's like fucking incredible. Shun's 26. Yeah, no, Shun. Like, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's the, the fucked up part, and we'll get into it when we like maybe talk about the main event and, and following up with Dragon Gate with their whole situation. But like the biggest thing is that they have tons of young talent who are really peaking and are yeah. not just peaking like as wrestlers but also as draws. But the next match, open the Brave Gate title, Heel versus Dr- Dragon Kid. Quentin, feel free. I thought I think I always thought Hyo was really good, so I'm glad to finally uh, see him doing things and getting important spots. That being said, this was fun. Maybe could have been a little bit better. I like the fin- I like the finish a lot. I love Hyo's move sad and the way that he u- and the way that he uses it. And uh, I think he's still Z- I think he's still Zebrats, but I'm think but I'm thinking a face turn is clearly coming soon. For him, which I'm glad to see because I feel like he is an after, a natural baby face. But I, I've always really like I've always really liked Kyo. I just, you know, Drag, Dragon Kid is up there now, and he has limitations, and he's better off in tag spots in multi man spots now, which he's always been. But at least, especially now, as he's as he's getting up there, so this was fun. I want to see Kyo get 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 in there with some. Uh, with some better guys for the brave for the brave gate, but this is solid though. 
yeah, this is a quick, a like you said with Dragon Kid, with Dragon Kid, it's like a quick hit the spots, build up some drama, actually hit some like special stuff that you don't see all the time, kind of situation. But but also didn't even do the Dragon Rana, you know, didn't especially didn't let a kick out on the Dragon Rana, so still can continue to protect that move. Um, and yeah, like tons of tons of like. You know, tons of potential, but not necessarily like going over the top. Hyo being the heel and doing what he's doing here. And the most, I mean, like you were talking about, the most clear thing here is SB Kento, SBK comes back and usurps Hyo's situation, his spot here as the Braviate champion in Zebrats. And yeah, you move, move from there to to Hyo going face. Yeah, because that's like what makes the most sense. Again, like that's obviously where you go. And there, and there, uh, and then, like, you mentioned SBK. Yeah, just a reminder that SBK is 22. <laughs> right, right. Which is crazy because this motherfucker, like I said, he's the new Akira Tozawa, the most over motherfucking Dragon Gate guy I've seen in America in years. You know, we'll get to the main event and talk about people being over in America, but either way, yeah, so I could definitely see where you go to there, because you go to, you know, SB Cancer comes back, and he hits the spot that Kyo is right in right now, and then Hyo goes babyface and joins another unit, or does whatever he does out of that, but either way, uh, Dragon Kid, uh, again, like I said, look great here, you keep it quick, you don't go over the top, Dragon Kid is meant to, you know, have the role that he does as like a gatekeeper to the stars and they're making Hill as like a top level guy who, you know, at a spot where he should have been probably five, six years ago, but now he's getting there and honestly has something, has something there. He's definitely has some charisma. And you, like you said, natural baby face, either way, play my main event, open the triangle gate match. Kai Shun Skywalker about earlier. versus yeah. Masaki Mochizuki. Mochizuki Jr. and uh, Susumu. Uh, Susumu Mochizuki. Yeah. Um, um, no one would ever have thought about Ishinahashi coming back. X as Ishinahashi. And god damn, did he look fucking awesome in this yeah. match. The drama um, that they it, built up to this. And then dude, what if Z, if Z, yeah. as if Zebrats couldn't get any fucking cooler. Right. Yeah. Like him just to fucking. Stone faced baby face killer of the group. Oh my god. How how could this group get any cooler? How is it possible that they could get any cooler? And they're gonna have SBK back and they're gonna have Shun and they're gonna have Ihashi. They have Diamante. Uh, how did how could they get cooler, man? It's... How could this group get any cooler? Oh my god, I love <laughs> Z Breath so fucking much. Z Breath is over the top with how fucking awesome they are. Really. Like Zebrats is getting to the point where it's like the NWO, where it's the just, best, just overpowering. The, the cool. best heel unit in yeah. years, yeah. in a, such a long time. Like, yeah. you know, like like Red had had his moments, but ultimately still felt kind of like I, I wasn't super in on it. Still count, still felt count, uh, felt kind of berserkish. Zebrats, oh my yeah. god, I love I love Zebrats so goddamn yeah. much. Ishinahashi was so good in this match. 
Shun is just a goddamn monster. Shun holding Mojizuki in the corner as he watches Ishinahashi choke out Mojizuki Jr. was one of the most fucking epic things you could ever see in wrestling. And as you talked about, how just how cool Shun is. Jesus Christ, that was amazing. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what more to say there because like this, kind of was a squash, honestly, <laughs> like or like it bordered on a squash. Yeah, it was like yeah, M through so, K, like they fought back and they had their spots, they did their thing, but for the most part, you knew what was coming here, and you mostly got it. Yeah, though, this was fucking awesome to just see Ishinahashi sitting between Kai and Shun, all stone faced as they're celebrating. Oh God, it was just. Awesome, awesome visual. Yeah. Ishin is going to be so good in this group. I love this. I love everything about it. I want to see what they do going forward, but this was an awesome move. Yeah, it's it's really all all I care about, all I really want to see. Uh, so let me get to the main event. Open the Dream Gate, Yuki Yoshioka versus Yamato in the main event. Okay, so... Quentin, before we get into the main event, how much Yamato in America did you watch? I haven't seen a single bit of Yamato in America. Uh, Quentin, really? I, 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 I'm I, not I, shocked. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I honestly kind of actively, actively avoided Yamato in America. Okay. Okay. I can't blame you. But there's a ton of good stuff here. I really wanted to break this down with you for a bit, but we can move on. I, I, I see that there's good. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, there's a. There's, Stephen, there's, Mike, there's Mike Bailey. There's Mike Yamato, Bailey. There's uh, Gresham. Oh, Alex Shelley. There's Alex Shelley. Yeah. Okay. The, these right, are the matches right. that you need to watch. Yeah. Okay, Yamato. Right. So Yamato shows up here. Um, after being gone, there's very limited build basically coming into this match. The build of this match is basically just Yamato cutting a promo saying like, I'm, you know, I'm Mr. Like open, you know, dream gate. And you, you know, you want to be the next guy. You want to like think whatever, but I'm, you have to basically get through me before you can even begin to think that you're the fucking, this the ace of this company which i mean it's true it's just basically true like there's no argument there um and that's that's it there's like one promo and that's the match and then yamato spends a couple months or a month in america having just these phenomenal matches and then he shows up here and then he does this and I don't know, Quentin, what did you think of this match? Because personally, I thought that this was fucking phenomenal. I thought this was great. I thought that Yamato just really showed why he is like the top of, you know, the top of the company. But what did you think, No, yeah, Yamato is look, there's Shingo and um, so maybe other than Shingo, I do feel like Yamato's the best Dreamgate worker. Uh, in, in, I mean, in, 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 in company yeah. history, and yeah, I know that we have friends that aren't super high on Yamato, but I just love the way Yamato does things. I love his approach. I love 
the way he's the, the way he paces himself. I love his how explosive his moves can be, and how and how hard they hit when they start to, when they start to up, up the up the pace of everything. I do love how he can be super controlled and focus on the limb, and then he can pull out the Frankenstein the the, the Hurricane Rana from heaven, or go to the hospital or things like that, and completely up the pace. So he's personally maybe my second favorite Dreamgate guy. So I'm always going to be biased towards the Yamato Dream Game match. But this was really, really awesome and was a great performance from Yamato and just further solidifying Yuki. And I'm just over the moon about this guy and how good he and how good he's been since he's come since he's come back and everything from the decourage tags to his title matches. I just think that he has just been so consistently good and I know that he is not the the sexy pick or the name on on top of everyone's mind, but this guy is just not going do nothing but going out there having great matches. He might not be as spectacular as Shun, or he wasn't the highly touted rookie that everyone was super keen on like Ben K, but he is going out there and just killing it every time, every single time. And I'm and I have and I have yet to be disappointed watching watching Yuki uh you know you could you could see uh maybe like the similarities in look between Yuki and Yamato watching this which is a funny thing but these guys don't don't wrestle similarly at all you can still say that Kota Minora is more closely resembles Yamato stylistically than Yuki than Yuki does uh this was great Yuki's selling was really good and on point and and I, a friend that I'm loving with the Dragon Gate Dreamgate matches for the last few years is dream, these Dreamgate matches still aren't really overstaying their welcome. This is 23 minutes, and it feels like now we are starting to cap out at about 23, 25 minutes, and we're not venturing out into that 35, 40-minute territory, 30-minute territory anymore, which is good. Leave that to New Japan. Leave that to Noah. Leave that to Stardom if they want to do that. Do something to differentiate yourselves and stick to these shorter matches and don't overexpose your guys or anything. So I'm still loving every Dreamgate match, honestly, because they they've had decided a really good and solid formula for this. They've decided we're gonna go to at most 23, 24 minutes and we're gonna get our stories in and out and we're gonna tell them effectively. And you know, for all the criticisms that the Dreamgate style and Dragon Gate got about that about that style for so long. I think they've really figured out a good formula for it, and Yuki Yoshioka is fitting into it really well. Yeah. No, I mean, in a lot of ways, like, Yushi, Yuki Yoshioka is kind of, like, dictating or epitomizing the, like you said, the, what is becoming the Dreamgate uh, like house style, what's becoming the new expectation of the Dreamgate match, which is, like you said, under 25 minutes. It's tons of drama, but still having, like, insane, like, crazy spots, bumps to the floor, this building, the stuff with the, like, the over-the-top rope brain buster thing, like, what the fuck was, what, it, what even was that? The build to it, the drama, the how how it goes and then eventually it pays off with this like middle rope 
fucking brain buster. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, this is what we're looking for. This is what we want. And this is like, again, the, the, the kind of, the kind, again, the kind of match that you want, like for this under 25 minutes, t- tons of drama, tons of great storytelling with phenomenal selling and can't argue with it. And again, Yuki Yoshoka is becoming kind of the epitome of this style. And maybe, you know, it's Dragon Gate. So you can't say like, oh, he's going to have this, you know, long reign. He's not going to get, I was looking into it. You know, what I was trying to look up was like the longest or the, not the longest, the most defenses for a, Dreamgate champions. I wanted to see the belt with the most keys because it's pretty cool when they have all the keys on there. And it's like 10. 10 is the most defenses. Mm. That's not a ton. That's not a ton of defenses. I'm, I'm, really. I'm, pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure that's Shima. I think it's Shima. There was like multiple wrestlers who had 10, but Shima was one of them. There's uh, Shima with 10, and there is also, uh, I think, like a. Ah, I'm. I shouldn't even try to do this because I'm like gonna look it up as I'm going. I think Chicago had a reign with ten, but basically, the the most defenses was like ten, and that's like still Mochizuki. Mochizuki had like a ten of reign where he had ten defenses. You know what I mean? Like, but that's it. Like, there's not a lot of people who had more than ten defenses. Which is kind of crazy, but because mm-hmm. that feels like not a lot, right? But you know, that's like kind of the, the the max. Uh, so either way, I mean, maybe they only have ten keys. That's why they've only had ten uh, as as the maximum. <laughs> but but the but this main event was great. Yamato, like you said, Yamato with like what he does. Um phenomenal here making someone making Yoshioka look like a like a top level star coming out of this and we've talked about it a ton but like this is the thing about Dragon Gate like it's the weirdest thing because I can't stop it with the Dragon Gate perverts these guys the people who are like so committed to Dragon Gate you can't argue with them there is really no argument against Dragon Gate, right? Because we talked about it, how good the wrestlers are and how what the level of the matches that you get from this. But it's tough because you just you kind of don't want to really give it to them because, like, it's just so... I don't know how to put it, but they're just so fucking smug about it. Again, that's why I like <laughs> relate it to the Gen X thing, where it's just like, yes, they're it's good, and a bunch of the rest of them are good, but it just feels like you're really forcing it. Anyways, Quentin, let's let's move on before I continue to break this down. But you get what I'm saying about this, right? No, I do. As someone that again, Reggae is my favorite company. Like, I get what you mean. I totally like, I get love it. <laughs> I love Dragon Gate, but when you like really push it, it's just like, yes, yes, it's good, you know. But they don't. Anyways, let's move on. Quentin, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Do you have any other? Uh... Nope. 
I'm What's good. the segment series? What action wrestling? Uh, I didn't get to see it. I didn't get to see any of that. Maybe, we'll, maybe if we, uh, well, we already did the preview, so guess we're not. I'm not. We're not gonna be doing anything until we're doing a full, a full gear review, which you guys uh, will be happy to hear. We do have a guest that should yeah. still be coming on. We have yeah. yeah, I guess we can just say it at this point. I'm like so close. We got Maxwell Bombach, Mark Maxwell. Haven't done a podcast with him in years. Oh yeah. well. To, oh, oh yeah, like. <laughs> Yeah, me and him are just going to talk about the NBA draft, if you guys don't mind. Yeah. Uh, but we might like Tim's just going to talk about full gear into a void, and me and uh, <laughs> me and Maxwell are just going to talk about uh, talk about Aman Thompson. So if you're in, if you're into that, then uh, he'll be joining us Checking hopefully still for uh, for full for full for our full gear review. Other than that, you can follow me on Twitter at QC underscore Moody. You can follow Tim. At Bone Dog's wife, and you can follow the podcast network at WDKWPN. Uh, WDKWPN, I think I said that right the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're feeling as so kind, you could donate to us on coffee and fund our Slack trip to Japan, where we will be waiting eagerly all in all, all across every island of Japan for Timothy Thatcher to win the JC heavyweight title. It'll happen one day, and we will be there. Want to happen? So just fund our collective move to Japan. Sure you guys it. have the funds available to do so. But that's it for us this week. Hope you all, hope you all uh, enjoyed. Don't be afraid to stand in the shadow of night. The hour is late and you know the time waits for